welcome to a brand new episode of All Fantasy Recap, the podcast that looks up what a backside disaster slide is, realizes it's a shark, and goes, you know what, let's talk about that. Uh, yeah, man, this is fun. Joining me today, we got family member uh, Jesse Gordon. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Lord of sauces. <laughs> 59 of them, man. Uh, uh, you guys might know him better as Nolly Full Cab on Instagram, Nolly Cab One on Twitter, and uh, he's the one of the moderators for the AFE subreddit. Am I correct? Yeah, you know, uh, myself and uh, another Reddit person goes by the name Raven. Uh, in the infancy of the podcast, we started a Reddit page just to kind of talk. <laughs> about all the episodes as they came out because no one else we knew wanted to talk about them <laughs> and uh we, we kind of modeled it after like the doug loves movies subreddit and it took off uh it's kind of crazy that ian mentions it in every episode now that's that's fucking righteous i'm happy to have you bud happy uh to be here. yeah i'm your host matt you know you all know me matt castro 59 sauces on instagram 59 sauces on twitter 59 sauces on hispanic uh, Samsung refrigerator app. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I'm 100% bar mitzvah and everything. Uh, Hispanic, yeah. <laughs> Are you really, though? Oh, like... man. Yeah, Hispanic for sure. As far I as I know, that. I've never done the 23andMe yet, but I <laughs> well, gotta be some kind who of. Who did a 23andMe and it came back reaffirming what they already knew? That they are 100% Jewish, bar mitzvah and everything. Get the fuck uh, out of town. <laughs> yeah, man, mine came back like Eastern European block, German, Russian, Polish. All right, I'm a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking A, man. Um, so today you wanted to talk about the Animal Fight episode. Now, uh, what brought this along? Why this episode? You know, people always post on our subreddit and say, what's a great episode to show my friends or to explain what the podcast is about? And every single time I go back to Animal Fight, uh, for one, it's a great episode just to listen to. The discussion is absolutely hilarious, and we'll yeah. get into it. But uh, two, like, if you have some friends around, just draft an Animal Fight. It's hilarious, and it's oh, a great yeah. way to kind of explain what the pod is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's so unique because, like, I mean, Ian talks about it, how they have to kind of conditionalize each pick because you can't really make it fair when you talk about, I mean, you know, bees and elephants, you know? Exactly. The yeah. whole discussion of the amount of bees in this episode is like one of my favorite bits and probably the whole history of the pod at this point. Um, also hilarious seeing how uh, David played the long game and started combining some of his picks towards the end there. Oh, yeah, right. Uh it's insane. So he brings up a good point. I mean, we're going to get to it more, just, you know, deep later. But when he talks about the bees, he needs five pounds of bees. If they would have put a weight limit, let's say how much is an elephant weigh? I mean, uh, let's say a thousand pounds. If they made that the standard for you get a thousand pounds of this animal, whatever that may be, that kind of levels the playing field a little bit right i see your logic but then i'm like yo what about birds birds are light as fuck well i mean all right well let's guess just get into this yeah. 
right, uh, we had some unique. Uh, oh yeah, all right, one thing before. How'd you get into listening to AFV? Um. Oh, great question. So I was a big podcast nerd for a long time. Huge comedy fan. Um, I ran a stand-up comedy club here in Colorado for some time, and that kind of kept me in the scene. And one of the podcasts I was a huge fan of was uh, Doug Loves Movies, which I mentioned previously. And as a skateboarder, <clears throat> sorry, as someone who skateboarded my whole life, uh, I was just instantly a fan of Sean Jordan. Mm-hmm. And so on one episode when Doug was like, oh, this guy Sean has his own podcast, uh, I checked it out and was hooked ever since. Get out of town. You used to skateboard with Nolly Full Cab <laughs> as, your tw- as your Instagram handle. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, hilarious. I'm on brand, dude. But uh, Nolly Full Cab is like a an inside joke that only skateboarders would understand. So it's kind of like to suss out people who actually skate, because if they'll see my handle, they'll be like, "Oh, ha, huh, that's hilarious." But everyone else is just like, "Oh, okay, I I know that's skateboarding something." Uh, yeah, I did. I'm trying to. I'm, I don't get it. I'm such a jabroni. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. Cause, oh, I mean, dude, don't even trip. So, if I uh, tried to explain it, it would take like 20 minutes and make me sound ridiculous. Well, because I know what a cab is. Oh, fuck. I don't remember what a cab is. Well, I used to like very early like skateboard when I was young. And then I got really into football and the football coach told me this propaganda like, well, if you do this, you're going to break your leg or hurt yourself and you won't be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. I like I'm better at football and I like it a little more than skateboarding right now. Skateboarding is just fun, so I'll just not skateboard. I guess it's more transportation than anything. So I bought into that propaganda. Man, fuck that coach. <laughs> I mean, he's... football, skateboarding, <laughs> only one of them's in the Olympics. No shit. If you would have told no shit, that is so true. That only skateboarding is in the Olympics. That are like football and skateboarding which one would be in the olympics in 2021 the fuck out of <laughs> to here to be fair you could probably make like way more money playing football but oh, of course. skateboarding is more fun <laughs> oh yeah it's so much more freedom honestly i mean i watch a lot of um uh do you, do you watch a uh, braille skateboarding on youtube oh man uh i'm such a fickle old skateboarder that like i hate on those guys <laughs> really yeah, uh, the dude who runs that channel is like a big-time Scientologist, and so I try to avoid giving him any revenue at all. Really? Aaron Cairo's a fucking Scientologist? Oh, yeah. He has, like, all these, like, Scientology propaganda ads telling, like, essentially telling his young audience that Scientology makes him a better skateboarder. And, like, to me, that is so disingenuous and revolting. Like, I refuse to give him any attention at all. I had no idea. You're blowing my shit up right now. Oh my god, hold on, I'm googling this right now. Oh, the third thing on there is net worth and then Scientologist. There you go. There's some cringe videos out there of him just like... Oh my god. Essentially telling kids to look into Scientology. You're fucking, you're being so incredibly serious. Holy shit, he is a Scientologist. Man, yeah, man, I really I like those dudes. I don't want to just bag on Aaron Cairo, though. Like, if you like skateboarding and you're looking for stuff to watch on YouTube, check out Dan Corrigan. He's a homie. All right, on. Yeah, because, like, I, he's so positive and just wants to push, like, people learning, you know? And then, like, Gabe Cruz. Like, I really like Gabe Cruz. He seems like a really chill dude. And fucking, like, all those dudes seem real chill and just 
who cares if you're 30 years old and you're beginning? You know, we all started somewhere at a different age. Mm. You know, they never really shit on anybody, you know, except for like, I mean, honestly, like posers, you know, like people yeah. who pretend to like skateboard and shit. That's kind of who they, you know, shit on. But if you're really trying and shit, they don't really give a fuck. And man, this breaks my heart. <laughs> Sorry to do that to you. No, I, I qualified good. everything saying I'm a fickle old skateboarder, man. So, no, you're good. uh, all good. Hit me up for uh, recommendations if you ever want to see some like better shit. Oh, I mean, like I've been, I got, I got weird. I got into a lot of engineering videos lately after doing. Uh, oh, last weekend I ate uh, like a quarter ounce of mushrooms. Yo, I heard you talk about this on that last episode, and I was <laughs> screaming in my car that you got to watch this guy named uh, called Stuff Made Here. Oh yeah, uh, he made the baseball bat that hits the ball like seven hundred. Dude, just... the rocket powered baseball bat. He's yeah, so cool. yeah, I see that dude. I follow. I watch him. I watch. Um, what is it? Better every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that what marks something. He's a really neat engineer and shit. But like, for whatever the guy reason, with the glitter bomb packages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, like, for whatever reason, I stumbled upon the dude that made the pla- – it was just so interesting. The plastic gloves into the grape soda, I just – I had to see how it was done. <laughs> That's so funny, yeah. Uh, check out uh, Cody's Lab, too, if you haven't seen that. That guy's, like, a renegade mad scientist who lives in a weird compound in northern Utah, and he just, like, teaches you how to extract gold out of random things. The name sounds familiar. I might have stumbled upon his uh, his videos once or twice. I got really into, um, you see those, I don't know what nationality or where even they're from, those dudes in the jungle that just make huts, but like really oh, beautiful like huts. Like primitive technology guys? Yeah, those guys. Those guys are insane. I, sometimes I watch those videos and I'm super inspired. I'm like, look at how amazing humans are. But then sometimes I watch those videos and I'm like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm sitting here on a couch, like, smoking a blunt. And this guy's <laughs> building a, a pool, like, in his free time. Yeah, no, so, like, I remember I came, I watched those videos, like, ten years ago. And I was impressed with the dude just making a hut with no <laughs> chimneys, no pools, no second floors. He He made, like, pots. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. He just made pots out in the middle of nowhere. That's fucking dope. Now he can have water and oh shit, he can do all this other shit now. And then, uh, like a couple of years ago, I remember watching those videos way back when. And then uh, thinking, oh yeah, let me check those out. And now they're making tunnels and giant underground pools. And it's just these dudes with these shovel knives you know, yeah. one of the weirdest looking tools, and that's all they're doing. They're painting shit, and I like, get the fuck out of here. There's no where way. Do, where do you think those guys are? Like the Philippines? I don't know. I, I it's got to be South America, right? Uh, maybe wherever they are, it looks like if you pan the camera to the left, it's just like a jungle full of animals that can kill you. Oh, for real, bugs. For real. How about that for a segue? I know. Speaking of fucking animals and bugs. I guess we can get right to it, man. Uh, we had a real unique fucking cast of characters in this episode, not the core crew. Uh, we had Brooke Whelan went first, and he chose 1,000 rats, 750 mm-hmm. vampire bats, 50 taipan snakes, 15 honey badgers, and one guinea pig because he's a coward. 
Uh, <laughs> you see, I, the list I'm looking at uh, it says one guinea pig in parentheses just for cuddling. I would not call that cowardly. <laughs> uh, no, he, he he says it himself. He goes, "I'm just gonna, you know, roll up in my cowardly and just get a one guinea pig that he could protect." <laughs> the image of Brooks like standing around all these other animals and just petting one singular guinea pig is hilarious to me. Could you imagine if they're all lined up? Like, are you are you a fan of these Avengers movies? Oh, definitely. So you know how in Endgame where they're standing on either side of each other? Could you <laughs> yeah, imagine like all everyone f- ever? Yeah. Could you imagine all four of these people standing and he's in, in his quarter with the tiniest fucking group of just all right, a thousand snake, a thousand rats. That can't be that big, like volume wise, right? Like just I don't know. Well, all right. I, when you see that, and then you see these giant other animals next to him, like it seems like a mismatch. His crew is pretty small. All, I feel like Brooks drafted to be funny. Some of these other people that we'll get into were more passion picks, but Brooks was definitely wiling out there on this one. He was really trying to sell the. I'm gonna get you eventually. Get the long term thing. Yeah. Until he realized that his animals would just cannibalize each other. Right. Those shit with the tie pads. Like, fucking snakes and rats 100% will, like, get into beef. And, uh, like, Brooks' and... first pick, his rats, also brought up a really interesting question that I want to pose to you. Uh, how many rats do you think you can take? Ooh. Oh, Straight yeah. up. Fucking A. I. I can kill. Uh, are we talking rats or mice? Rats, straight up. Rats. And so as like David football said, size. You don't have a stick or anything. So like football size rats. I don't know about a football size well, rat. Or uh, what's a smaller ball? <laughs> um, like a like soft, a like nerf a nerf football. Yeah, uh, nerf football size. All right. I don't. I I don't have any weapons. It's just bare hands. Barehanded, battle to the death. Uh, do they know uh, one thousand and one creatures enter, one may leave. Do they do they know that the beef is on? I don't think the rats will know initially, but after you get going, they're definitely gonna know. Alright, so I up. get I get at least five, so I could get at least five off the top. Oh, five easy. Yeah. You could get two at once just by jumping in the right place. Uh, yeah, you're not wrong. I have count them two legs most days. <laughs> um I think I could get, I think I could get half. I think I get five hundred. That's think, a big bull bet right there. I, I know. I, think, I don't know if I could stack up to five hundred rats. I'll tell you that. I much. think because after, because like honest, I mean, I'm gonna, I don't really care. I'm not terrified of rats, but out of fear, I think I could stomp them out a lot quicker than just out of, I need to kill these rats. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, like you've the seen, like you've seen, like fight or flight takes in. And yeah, you can't like you, run. like you watch, you you watch sports, obviously, right? We talked football earlier. Yeah, you ever see those where the base where the batter hits the ball and it goes right to the pitcher and he catches it just out of <laughs> just fear like, and reaction? I think that's what would happen with me is mm. out of fear and reaction, I would unintentionally kill five hundred snakes or not five hundred rats. I can see it. Right. Uh, I think my answer to this question changed over the past week. Uh, no spoilers here, but after seeing the movie The Suicide Squad, oh, um, good film. Good I went film. from thinking I could take a couple hundred rats to like 
Yo, maybe 70 or so. Really? Yeah, man. I think when, uh, same thing you were saying, I could get going. I can get 10, maybe 15 off the bat. But when they identify me as uh, a target and the rats Ooh. start showing teamwork, it's it's over for this guy. You know what? I didn't even put that. You know what? I. Yeah, I think I could get 100. <laughs> I think it's only because, like, I'm a bigger dude. Maybe I could get, you know, rolling over him. <laughs> Once they get you down, you just start doing barrel rolls. Yeah, yeah. barrel rolls until, like, I die. But, <laughs> oh, that's such a good film. Fucking James Gunn killed it. I I hope mm. he could do more with DC. I hope he brings it out of the funk for real. Me too, man. It, I, I stepped away from that movie just literally saying James Gunn is a genius. Um, and it, he put so much time and effort into the aesthetics and the, the music and just like the overall feel of that movie, he he knows what people want to see. Yeah, and uh, it, it's nothing like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh, not there, at all. There was blood. There was cussing. There was like there was silliness. That was the only thing that was like similar was just the silliness that the the kind was, of lightheartedness that they have as a group. Yeah, it, it almost in some aspects felt like a middle finger to the Marvel universe. In oh yeah. Like, hey, guess what? I can do this here. I can. Do what I did to Pete Davidson. Yeah, for real. No, <laughs> no shit. Uh, my brother was so bummed because he's like a he, he's a fan of Pete Davidson's, and when he saw that happen, he goes, "I don't know how I feel about this." <laughs> and I go, "I kind of knew that's how it was going to shake out with him." Yeah, because uh, well, like everyone said, or like in interviews, like don't get attached to anybody. Like that was their whole big selling point. Was like motherfuckers are going to die, and so. Uh, when I didn't see like Idris Elba in that first shot and shit, and I go, oh, this is that group, and then whoever's in that other group is like the actual cast or whatever the fuck. But uh, man, it's such a good film. I loved it. I want to see it again. I was just <clears throat> thinking earlier about running it back. <laughs> mm, fuck. Speaking of running, I mean, mm-hmm. unless you had anything else uh, to say about Brooks' list, I mean, it's a very tiny list. I mean, he named it what Mean Little Team. Yeah, mean little team. Mean little team. Um, let's see here. Uh, again, I I go back to the fact that this team is going to take itself out. Beth, yeah. David, and Ian can just chill because fifty Taipan snakes and fifteen honey badgers. I think that's the exact amount it would take to take out a thousand rats and seven hundred and fifty vampire bats. That guinea pig's staying though; he's surviving. Um. L- later on, when David has his pick. He talks about the animals being intelligent enough to work with each other. Mm. We don't know what kind of arm Brooks has. And if these animals are elevated intelligence and they know that this is this is war that they're going into. What if he gets these rats and fucking football chucks them at people (laughs) or at other animals with their I didn't ma- even think that. You know, like, what if it's very tactical strikes? Like, you know, I mean, a thousand rats is a shitload of rats. But, like, what if, you know, there's, like, a hundred, two hundred of them just hanging back, waiting to get thrown, just in case they get too close? 
I I didn't even examine that team, this team like that. What if the 750 vampire bats split up into 15 teams to carry over a honey badger into en- enemy territory? If a Ooh. honey badger drops on your face, you're going to have a bad day. Oh, fucking A. It's going to look like the Tasmanian devil. Fucking <laughs> just a tornado of brown and red, basically. <laughs> brown, red, and not giving a fuck. That's right. what happens. I mean, all right. Th- well, so that means the guinea pig is of elevated intelligence. He has a little tiny suit just doing the Mr. Burns fing- finger twirl. You know, the excellent. <laughs> he's, he's the real mastermind here. Oh, of course. If anything, uh, now that I'm thinking about this team, the guinea pig is going to be the one cuddling Brooks. Yeah, like, this, is, like, this is my human pet. Yeah, this is the guinea pig's team, and Brooks got drafted into it accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, shit. Uh, well, Beth, Beth Stelling went next, and she picked 15 horses, 50 red tail hawks, <clears throat> 50 king cobras, 5 great white sharks, and 10 Komodo dragons. Initial I, thoughts? I don't like the horses. <laughs> you see, I know Beth. I've worked with her a few times. Really? And uh, she... There's no way she wasn't going to pick horses with her first pick. Is she like Beth a, is a horse girl. Uh, does she like is unicorns she, or like she just grew up with horses and shit? I don't even know if she grew up with horses, but she just, from my interactions with her, strikes me as the kind of person who likes horses to the point where no matter what the topic was, the first pick the, in this animal draft was going to be horses. I feel like the horse pick is kind of a, I mean, bean burrito, no onions. Because they're so limited in what they could do. It's like horses were like in wars because they're quicker than humans and they could transport and they could, you know, pull carriages and shit. But when they're just at war individually by themselves with no thumbs, you know, like they really can't do a whole lot except for just tackle motherfuckers, you know? It was a passion pick. I know. I understand uh, it's a passion I, pick. I would definitely put it on a Tiffany or Bean Burrito level. Yeah, it's what the, it's one of those Hall of Shame picks. I mean, especially being the first round, second pick off the board. Yeah. I mean, a thousand rats. It's not really something to quaff at. I, I don't know if that's a one-one pick, but uh, there's yeah. a lot of great picks on the board there, Beth. Um, I bet AFE Mel Kuiper would have uh, graded that one harshly. Oh, I'm trying so hard to get him on here. He's so busy and shit, and I guess he like uh, just had surgery not too long ago, so he's just recovering from that. Yeah, man. Shouts out to AFE Mel Kuyper yeah, if you ever real. hear this. Um, the dude had a crazy surgery, and it was uh, honestly up in the air as to uh, how it would go in terms of his recovery and, and all of that. And uh, from what I hear, it was very successful, and he's doing a lot better. So power to you, Mel. Um, and dude, like, you... You just keep rocking this podcast, and let's grow it to a point where he hits you up and says, "Like, let me let me get some grades in." Yeah, that'd be that's kind of the goal. I, I he was the first person I hit up to try to because obviously, this is would be his show, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, AFU because like that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to just me and him discuss it like a ESPN, you know, get really into it. Maybe get into a tuxedo and record it, you know, and put it on YouTube. <laughs> Who knows how far I'm willing to take this, but he was saying time and he's dealing with other shit. And I go, you know what, whenever you want to come on, dude, just let me know. And you know, I'll be, you'll get on there for sure. But, uh, yeah. but other than the horses, man, the, the wet, the red tail hawks, I don't know a whole lot about birds. I understand they're big, 
<laughs> King Cobra, I, I mean, they they're one of the few that can actually spit shit, right? I I could, I don't know much about a King Cobra. I know they look cool. They have a little hood thing and uh it the pop culture has taught me incorrectly that if you play a flute in front of them, they will rise up out of a wicker basket or some shit. What but, if what if it's not the flute that they are mesmerized by, but like the spices? Mm. Like Or they're just trying to murder you. You know what I heard that there's a food blogger trying to get curry uh like banned as racist? Bro, they're trying to cancel curry now? They're trying to cancel curry. I couldn't be more serious. Yo, this person is uninformed because in Japan they have a completely different kind of dish that they also call curry. Yeah. Like curry is just a word. Yeah, unless you put like curry head, maybe mm. that could be racist. But like, if like, how the fuck are you gonna order curry if you go to any like get to go to an Indian restaurant or, or or an Asian restaurant? That's insane, man. That's like that video of uh, those college kids uh, where this like <laughs> clearly freshman like white kid with dreads gets like accosted by all these. Uh, other people telling him his hairstyle is cultural appropriation. Man, I don't want to go down this line too much, but like that shit pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, it's a look. I mean, it, you can't. Re- it, it's insane. I don't understand it. I, I've, I've grown up to like you do you, I'ma do me. That's how I kind of grew up. I go with the flow. I don't mm. care what you know. The whole, the whole bullshit. So uh, when I was living up in Tacoma, I. I I accidentally misgendered somebody. This person oh, was very early on in the transition. I didn't know. And what I said was, I had my earbuds in. I was working. I was making a delivery. And I go, what's up, man? Put my earbud back in. Continue with the delivery. Get done with it. Get the signature. And then she goes, uh, aren't you going to apologize? And I go, uh, for what? And I go, she goes, uh, you misgendered me. And I go, oh, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to. Uh, it was more of a greeting than gendering you, but I'm sorry. You know, it won't happen again. Went, buttoned up my trailer and shit. She comes out, gives gives me more shit, saying I'm homophobic, saying I'm transphobic. And I'm like, my brother's gay, and I play in a gay softball league. Like, what the fuck? You know? She goes, I want the name of your supervisor, all this bullshit. And I go, you can go ahead. I'm going to call your softball league. They're going to tell them what a terrible person you are. I go, go for it. My coach is trans. She loves me. You know, it was a whole rigmarole, and, like, I don't think, I think she wanted more of a a, a, a verbal spar than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you know when you get so irritated with somebody, and you want them to fight with you, and they're just like, all right, sorry, you know, and it gets you more angry? I think that's what happened that day. Hey, I've been there, yeah. and uh, I feel for that person. Like, everyone should... <clears throat> be referred to by the terms that they wish to be referred to by um but that person was looking to fight with any individual that day yeah like, i think you're was, spot on like they yeah, just they was, woke up on the wrong side of the bed they had some shit going on yeah. maybe they haven't pooped in two weeks but man hell you want do you listen to uh, your mom's house absolutely uh big podcast guy if i could turn my uh camera on right now you'd see i've got a a big old christina p poster behind me that's fucking amazing that's insane but uh, i mean we got to get back to this we yeah you know this podcast that i'm doing with you know with all the other family members and shit 
it's so spot on with the how AFE works, where we go on crazy tangents. Like, who the fuck would have thought this animal fight that there'd be a, a, a transphobic story <laughs> in the middle I mean, of we it? did kind of just talk about movies for like a good a couple of minutes. Yeah, no there. shit. But love that. I'm looking. All right, so I'm relooking at the Beth Stallings list. The great white sharks are very much a utility player. That's what I'm saying. The more I look at this list, the more I feel it's limiting itself. Like, yeah, yeah five great white sharks, they would be a great asset against 10% of the other animals here um, that may or may not be exclusive to the water. Um, yeah, we'll I'm... get to some of Ian's picks, but Ian has an aquatic pick that would fuck those five great white sharks up, no problem. Oh, 100%. And, like, she talks about, uh, like, other animals, because, like, they switch up the location of the whole fight, and they always talk about this body of water. You could drink water without getting close enough to a shark. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, like, so, like, that, you know, voids that whole thing, you know? No one's gonna... Uh, she talks about... Uh, I And five doesn't seem like enough. <clears throat> no, they were going by weight, I think, on that one. Uh, she could have easily gotten... Ten. I don't know. Ten, I would have given her maybe ten. more. And then they give her ten Komodo dragons... Those aren't that big. I mean, 10 feet is long, but half of it's tail. I feel like those Komodo dragons are going to be the last thing left on Beth's team there. Oh, yeah. Komodo dragons are hardy as fuck. They are ancient creatures that spit poison and claw you to death. You, um, you, great value you, in her fifth pick there, A-plus, for the late round draft. Um, So the Komodo dragons is a good segue to going to David's picks. David picked... 8 hippos, 10,000 killer bees, 15 chimpanzees, 15 kangaroos, and 10 hyenas. We've already established <clears throat> that these animals are of higher intelligence. What if these killer bees dip their stingers in the saliva of the Komodo dragons and go and stick people with them? Damn. Because... That's getting... That's getting into it. Yeah, uh, David talked a lot mm. about hippos filling their uh, saran-wrapped mouths with poison dart frogs <laughs> to yeah. accomplish a similar task. Yeah, he uh, he didn't. Yeah, he yeah he did say that. That's true. Um, uh, and I I also just want to say here that like this draft to me is one of the top ten David Borey performances of the entire history of this podcast. Everything David says in this episode is absolutely fucking gold. Um, the AFE Encyclopedia has a few right here. Um, David says, I met a chip that ripped chimp that ripped a dude's arms off once. Oh, Bruno? Uh, <laughs> yep, the cousin of old Bruno story. David, I've come across raccoons in the wild, and they're bigger than you think. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I, uh, best for last year, probably one of the greatest lines ever is, I don't trust any animal that Whoopi Goldberg has played. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he said that. What is That's so weird. Whoopi Goldberg seems like a very calming presence. <laughs> yeah, but she did play one of those hyenas, man, and those she things did. are scary. She was the leader, too. She was the leading hyena. Um, David <clears throat> so wins this draft, in my opinion, just because he was thinking high level enough to say, hey, I'm going to draft 15 chimpanzees. And in the next round, I'm going to draft exactly enough kangaroos so that all of these chimps have a mobile death machine that they can ride upon. Mm -hmm. um, God, everything David said is so amazing here. Uh, let's see. Uh, the whole storyline of how he's going to raise the chimps and the kangaroos together so they form lifelong bonds. 
brilliant. That is the, the that ten is, minute tangent mm. of how much bees weigh. Yeah, oh, that was the fucking funniest. <laughs> He's like, uh, he, he keeps keep going back to like ten thousand killer bees. I need at least a barbecue's worth. I need five pounds. And then think, and think Beth, about how much ground meat weighs. Yeah, like, and, and then and then Beth coming in with no knowledge of it. They just the first question is, "Hey, how much do you think a pound of bees is?" <laughs> and we're back. Yeah, like what a weird, like how, to walk into that is so fucking funny. It, mm. You know, to be dry about it. Like I, I remember listening to this and asking my wife, like, "How much bees are in a pound?" And she goes, "What the fuck are you listening to?" And I go, "Don't worry about it." But what? How many pounds or how many bees are in a pound? She goes, uh, 500. I go, how the fuck are you getting 500? Are you serious? And then I I, I ripped her ass about the killer bees thing. But, uh, yeah, the whole, because he's, he's the only one that really uses the higher intelligence of the, of these animals with the whole. David had a very well thought out draft here from one to five. Uh, I give him an A minus draft yeah. in total because I think he could have argued a little bit harder for more hippos and more hyenas. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, he says it himself, like he doesn't really control the hyenas. He just, they just like him more than the other three, you know, and he kind of <laughs> hopes most of them die. Oh man. You know, so like 10, it seems manageable. Especially if they're, like, a throwaway like that. Like, this is just the chaos factor. Yeah, well, he said... Didn't he say, like, they only come out when shit hits the fan? <laughs> yeah, like something when, along those lines. Yeah, so, like, they're, like, your kamikazes, basically, where it's your last resort. You know, you hope they... You know, they want... If, uh, if uh, every hyena kills ten other animals, then that's okay. <laughs> you know, before it dies. Yeah. The hippo, man, the hippo, fucking, the hippos is such a good pick. I didn't even think about hippos. Dude, hippos are gnarly. I legit uh-huh. didn't think about hippos, killer bees, or hyenas. Like, when thinking, like, when, because you read the title, Animal Fights, you kind of get an idea, okay, what animals do you want in a fight? I thought it was only one of each, so I went big. You know, thinking in my head, so I was going, you know, the the elephants, uh, bears, fucking, I think I picked a, a, a megalodon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, if you want to go shark, go megalodon. Apparently it still exists, you know. Uh, until Jason Statham finds it. Oh, man, no. They name it Meg. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I keep, I keep thinking, like. What a weird name, Megan, for a giant All shark. Right. Weird flex here. Uh, short for Megalodon, of course. But yeah. the original source material for that movie is a book written by uh, a family friend of mine. And like he was a, a weird local celebrity in our hometown. And he would show up and be like, I'm the guy who wrote the shark book. Uh, it was required reading in elementary school for some reason. And everyone used to make fun of me because uh, him and my dad were very close. And it wasn't included in the movie, but the original name of the boat that they all ride on in the book is my mom's name, which is embarrassingly hilarious. Is it Sue? 
<laughs> no, my mom's first name is Gay, G-A-Y, and so the boat was named the Gay Gordon. That's awesome. That's a flex. <laughs> that is a flex. <laughs> I know, dude. Total flex right there. Uh, that movie's oh, awful, he, though. Don't he, watch it. He must have gotten so much library pussy, or librarian pussy. <laughs> probably. He's got a hot life. <laughs> right. He probably walks around with the book and, the, and his ID on him just in case. Hey, have you seen this about the author page? Look yeah. at look, it's me. That's my I case. did. I only watched the movie because I saw that Rain Wilson was in, it and I go, oh, I like him. I'll give it a shot. And then I do that thing where it's like, you know how Ian talks about Jason Statham movies, how it's Jason Statham doing fighting something, you know? And yeah. so he's, you know, Jason Statham fights a giant shark. Like, all right, I'm gonna expect that movie. You know, I'm not gonna expect a killer fucking plot line or anything like that i'm just gonna jason statham's gonna beat up a shark and then at the end it's gonna show the shark swimming away to to uh give the impression that it's gonna come back (laughs) all right straight up there are three plus other books in the meg series there's gonna be a sequel probably uh hopefully it'll just get released in china um Enough about that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, our main man here, Mr. Ian Carmel. Right. He's uh, holding feel... up in the hot corner position, as always. Uh, he loves this hot corner. He keeps him warm now that I mean, it keeps him warm now that he lost all that fucking weight for real. Um, all right, we gotta we gotta get into it, man. Ian is killer, and it's almost unfair that like a guy like that can be as successful as he is and lose all that weight. Uh, for a long time, I was qualifying it like Ian's funny and hilarious and approachable because at least he's unattractive like me. And uh, damn, now he's just literally Chris Pine. Oh, for real? Yeah, I don't think Chris Pine is as charismatic. Uh, it doesn't. I mean, they talk about it all the time with like Ellen DeGeneres, how you know the smile doesn't go to her eyes. Chris Pine has that same exact effect. I can see that. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> But, uh, oh shit. So he drafted, uh, seven polar bears, seven Bengal tigers, uh, five African elephants, 25 martial eagles, and 35 blue ringed octopi. Mm. Uh, that fucking octopus fucking pick is amazing. That's a really good pick, man. Incredibly intelligent. That one is super deadly. Uh, it pretty much eliminates anything else being in the water. Because if you have control over those octopi, you're, those things are dead. Yeah, that's all right. The hippos, the what? What other giant animals are on here? Sharks. Yeah, the sharks. The I mean, even the red tail fucking hawks. Like they're all. Like at least thirty-five of those animals are dead. If these martial eagles have the wherewithal to, as I said before, uh, drop octopi onto opposing territory, it, it's game over and Ian wins. Mm, I don't like the dichotomy of that prison cell for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a really uh, it's it's a guaranteed at least one kill because these ten, these tentacles, uh, they could fall on multiple animals. And, like, these mm. things move, I mean, let, even if they survive, like, what, let's say five minutes outside of water, these motherfuckers are moving and hitting other targets, especially in the giant fucking pile that everyone runs into the middle to fight. 
you know, it's going to kill. Drop a few octopi right in there. Yeah, I, I got to say, though, I'm looking back through this list and uh, the kinds of animals that this octopus tactic would be most successful on are already on Ian's team. Like the yeah, big the, animals, the bears, the tigers, the elephants, like they're already uh, equipped. You're well, not going to take out three to four pounds of bees with a few octopi. But uh, I don't know. Interesting. Actually, a little bit more balanced than I thought. Yeah, uh, what about if these martial eagles, instead of dropping them, they use them as to like dual slap other other animals, like the chimpanzees. They just fly mm. real low, real quick, and they, the octopus uses its tentacles to slap the, the chimpanzee, and boom. You know, we're talking napalm. We're talking scorched earth tactics. Here. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you know, is the poison in the ink, or is it in the tentacles? I thought it was like in the suckers, but yeah. I'm talking on my ass here. I have no idea. Right. Good thing we have the Google monster. I sh- honestly I should know this because I watched a whole documentary about um, cuttlefish. <laughs> they are one of the world's most venomous marine animals but they are relatively docile in nature oh shit here's a problem uh despite their small size they are only five to eight inches at most yeah these are tiny little buggers it says they venom but like is that just in their little mouth thing if so it that's says not very venom produce uh, bacteria animals salivary gland so in its spit right so it's mouth Oh man, you gotta really use them like a face sucker then. <laughs> man, these octopi are covert ops. Yeah, these. I mean, they they have camouflage, right? If they're like other octopus. This is more something where like you hide the octopus somewhere on the elephant, and then the elephant secretly drops it into the, the middle of ten Komodo dragons. And hopefully, it gets one of them. Cause I mean, the this is basically a tiny Komodo dragon. If you really think about it. I mean, mm. it has venom, but it's in its saliva. Where the Komodo dragon's saliva is just riddled with bacteria. So it's like a tiny, less deadly... Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon that can't breathe out of the water. Yo, mm. Ian, you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, these are too tiny. You should, you, you should have gotten 50 of these bitches. They're so small. Right? Oh, easily, yeah. Man, I, I think Ian was just drafting on name here. I, if he knew that he was getting somewhere in the neighborhood of a six-and-a-half-inch uh, octopus. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right? Six inches ain't shit. I mean, my wife tells me that all the time. Um, <laughs> I knew one of us was going to take it there. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it there all day. <laughs> the pole, I mean, when he hit it, so I was... Polar bear, Bengal tiger. I go, oh shit, that's a problem for most people. Polar bear. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, did you uh, immediately look up the uh, the uh, uh, Bengal tiger video he talks about? Uh, remind me, which one is it? Where like it, it's scaring a dude, or is no, it where it like, where kills these, something? Where, I forget. Where, there's like these dudes on top of a fucking elephant, and. Um, uh, they see like a shake in the tall grass, away, you know, a ways away. Then out of nowhere, a Bengal tiger fucking jumps out of the grass on top of this fucking elephant, and then they cuts the uh, cuts the video. I think I have seen that. You like it's just see it launch insane. at you. Tigers I, are scary as fuck. I watched fuck. it like five times. I go, "There's no how the fuck." 
there's this is edited and I go I don't have a trained eye to see if the video is edited or not but uh the fucking elephant you know there's probably going to be some fighting between the elephants and the fucking tigers if they're mm-hmm. natural you know enemies and shit they're separate troops. Again, uh, I, I see uh, a covert ops unit of uh, some tigers and some octopi. And then we've got a big bruiser unit with polar bears and African elephants. And then the eagles are essentially just that air force. They're they're providing support. Um, Ian, Ian's got a spread out team here. I think he was thinking big picture, but not quite as big picture as someone like David. Uh, I'd, I'd give his draft overall a C plus, B minus. For sure. I was like looking at him being like, because it's kind of... David's up there, but, like, fucking Ian is going to be the closest one to get him, you know, off that fucking uh, pedestal. But I don't even think it's close. I think fucking David, especially with, it's all about that fucking heightened intelligence about these animals. If these bees are smart enough to get into that fucking saliva with the Komodo dragon, it's done. It's fucking done. Absolutely. Man, and that's, uh, just to take it all back around, that's why I absolutely love this episode of the podcast. Because, like, you can try to explain how to draft Taco Bell menu items, but till you get into the nitty-gritty of, like, how the chimpanzees and kangaroos that you draft for your uh, death match are going to be raised and interact with each other, until then, you don't understand the true magic of uh, all fantasy everything. Yeah, for real. I mean, if I would have, like really done not research but like really thought about it like how deep we got into it today with all the whole heightened intelligence i would have tried to get this shit shorter and we should have done like our own little mini draft where we have these rules as far as because i mean at the end of you know every podcast i like to ask about the uh you know your honorary pick what would you have picked and shit but this has to be a five round fucking draft with the condition right, well, uh, at least give me a marissa pick well yeah i mean you could get the one pick but like i wish i would have i wish i would have had the wherewithal to you know realize that this is a such a deep draft and cut it short to where maybe we talk about their picks for half an hour in the second half we have our own little mini draft with full five rounds because this is fucking amazing you know cause there's so many fucking animals out there Oh, dude, for sure. Hey, maybe next time we'll uh, uh, keep the chatter down and then uh, uh, you and I can do a, a little mini draft there. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll, fig- we'll figure something out. This will be fun. Maybe with two mm-hmm. other family members uh, that oh, have been yeah. on before. Fucking A. Um, but shit, yeah, I mean, David 100% wins. There's no question about it. Agreed. Yeah. That team is the last one standing. The only problem, the only real problem like as far as like any of these animals go is the thousand rats and it's only because of suicide squad <laughs> yeah if you get suicide squatted like if brooks if brooks's guinea pig has the intelligence to control all these rats and and use them uh unequivocally at one target at a time um ian's in trouble for sure yeah ian's in <laughs> trouble fucking beds in trouble especially like honestly it the if the hippos take out or if the sharks take out the hippos then the sharks are just going to be chilling there forever and then technically she wins oh shit where was it someone said it somewhere ah here we go thank you to purple herman on reddit for saying for the record a hippo would kill a great white very easily um i don't know where you came up with that but uh, i'm gonna have to believe you here 
You, I mean, there's such confidence. Like I've, you know, I concede. Yeah. <laughs> there sounds like there's uh, uh, uh it sounds like there's um research in that comment, for sure. I just, I just trust his energy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, man. All right, Matt. Uh, uh you got to pick. F- uh, for me, if you had one animal Ooh. in a one-on-one against uh, me, who who would you go? Um, is it one-on-one? Yeah, you get one animal one time, and I'm going to pick one animal. One animal. And um, I haven't even thought about this. I'm going off the cuff right now. Motherfucker, I don't know. I don't, well, I really don't like uh, I fucking really don't like picking animals that have already been picked, but goddamn. Uh, I gotta go grizzly. Damn it. You snaked my pick right there, man. <laughs> no uh, shit. I was gonna specifically take Voshtek, the Russian fighting smoking bear that Ian drafted in a different episode. Oh, famous animals. <laughs> I just listened to that one not too long ago. That's fucking amazing. You know, Miel gives everybody shit for picking animals that were uh, famous by humans. And there's like two, maybe three on her list that you could make that argument for. I mean, classic Miel right there. I, I know. Love her. She's I, amazing. She fucking loves giving him shit. Oh, man. Her and uh, Amy Miller are like, they love giving David his shit. Hmm. It's I mean, it's no Katie Nolan, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, f- I'm, the beef is just on with them, for sure. And I miss Amy Miller. Amy Miller, if you ever hear this, please quash the beef. Come on the podcast. Whatever happened wasn't that bad, I swear. Right. Oh, man. All right, so since I snaked your pick, what would you pick? Damn, I don't know, dude. Uh, against a grizzly, that's tough. Um, I'm going to have to go something else land-based. To kind of match it um all right it, it it was left on the board easily a, a first rounder here i'll go with a male african lion just because i think the the fight w- between the two would be hilarious yeah that'd be that'd be really fun i, I pretty epic i so i was i want to pick bengal tiger mm. you know but like i don't like picking and i polar bear like grizzly bears are big you know they're real territorial and shit like that. It, it just seemed like a real logical pick. Ah, fuck it was man. a good pick. Yeah. Man, I can't think Ooh. of. I can't think of animals right now. Fucking a. <laughs> I tried to like. Uh, he talks about honey badger. He they're not lying about raccoons. There's fucking raccoons crazy up in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, there's a there's a, a trail called Five Mile Road, uh, or Five Mile Drive, up in Tacoma where you, it's just a trail you could drive. It's like wooded and shit, real nice. And there's raccoons just lined up against the road because motherfuckers feed them, and they'll mm-hmm. come up to the car. They'll. I had a raccoon take a cheese it out of my hand, <laughs> gave me a fist bump, gave me a little fucking salute, and then just took off and took the cheese it. Like that dude was Man, a, that dude was a homie. I kind of think raccoons are cool. Uh, where I grew up in like South Florida, there were raccoons everywhere, especially in like public parks. Uh, my college campus was known for having very large, very approachable raccoons, 
and uh, I I still think they're pretty cool, man. I, yeah. I think raccoons are adorable. Yeah, it's yeah. On, yeah they're if I was like a wealthy diseases. Saudi prince and I could have a bunch of crazy animals as pets, um, I'd definitely have a, a couple raccoons chilling. Oh, you mean animals for domesticating? Mm-hmm. Oh. Like how they have like ocelots and baby tigers and shit. Oh, you didn't pick that up? No, wait, should I miss something? Yeah, animals for domesticating? Wait, is that another draft? That is a draft topic. Oh, shit. <laughs> Why? I'm crazy here. Wait, animals for domesticating? Yeah. Or am I the, or am I the dipshit? Yeah, animals uh, to domesticate. What? Yeah. It's when was it? I, I'm tripping right here. It was November November 2018. You're absolutely right. Episode 109, Ian, Sean, and David. How did I not remember this? All right, I have my homework. <laughs> I'm going to go yeah, re-listen to this episode. I, uh... Man, I, I can't get on... There's already too many fucking social medias. I don't get on Reddit. I don't do TikTok. I just stick with Facebook. Facebook is more for... Because uh, I live so far away from family and they post on there a bunch. So I just look at there. Instagram mm. is more for friends. And then Twitter is so that I could say shit and not have anyone give me shit back. <laughs> all, the shit that I, all the shit that I can't say on Facebook, I say on Twitter. Like... I think my last tweet was, uh, if Vespa invented a scooter jet ski hybrid, they should call it the Trans Vespa. <laughs> <laughs> I told my wife that. She goes, you're so fucking stupid. <laughs> but you can only put it in gender neutral parking lots. Oh, for real. You got to pronounce <laughs> it the, 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 the they, them. Yeah. They, them, uh, pronouns. No shit. I watched like an hour long video of the, uh, Demo- or Democratic Socialist Convention. And oh, it's, God. it's as funny as fucking Tom Segura says it is. <laughs> Dude, I bet. Uh, well, hey, man, uh, if you ever want to, uh, stick your, stick your toes in Reddit a little bit, I know, uh, there's somewhere around 5,000 people who would love to listen to your recap podcast or be a guest on it. So uh, when this one comes out, I'll definitely post it and share it and uh, pop by and say hi to everyone. Uh, we got a great community over there. Uh, it's definitely all family vibes, nothing negative or uh, literally we remove anything that is not directly positive. So don't bring any bad energy into the culture and uh, let's all celebrate the only podcast that has ever existed. Oh, yeah. Except for Sports. Sports? <laughs> well, Except I... for this one that yeah. we're currently on right now. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, fucking shout out to the All Fantasy Everything subreddit. Shout out to Haji Beats. Shout out to the Good Vibes Gang fucking reuniting up in Portland about right now. Fucking shout out to Super Producer Marissa. Shout out to Doc Hollandays. Shout out to Haji Beats. Shout out to Warm Mornings. And fucking shout out to Saint Sue Carmel. Fucking almost forgot her. How are we going to forget the Saint? And uh, more important than all that, tune in again uh, next time to All Fantasy Recap. Joe Clackety. Nice.